No mass A shots, no coins on cloth. Don't give me rules. You play what you play. Well, you don't. But in jazz, you know, we play all the notes. Twelve notes in a scale, dipshit. Not three chords on a ukulele. G, G, C, G, C, D, G. Oh, if you make a living at it, more power to you. Solo act? Yeah, now. Now? Used to, what, work with a cat? Every time he'd play a C major, he'd puke a hairball? Used to have a partner. What happened? Threw himself off the George Washington Bridge. Well, shit, I don't blame him. I couldn't take it either, having to play Jimmy Crack Corn every night. Oh, pardon me for saying so. That's pretty fucking stupid, isn't it? George Washington Bridge. You throw yourself off the Brooklyn Bridge, traditionally. George Washington Bridge. Who does that? What was he, a dumbbell? Not really. And that's when you picked up the cat? Here, cowboy chords. This would interest you. There's this act I saw in Montreux, Switzerland. A bass, piano, and a sound... Hey, Mr. Turner, I'm wondering... Huh? Would that cane fit all the way up your ass? Or would a little bit stay sticking out? The Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. We had a big storm somewhere around here last night. It was heavy, heavy, heavy rain. And as I'm working, as I'm working in my desk, I'm, I'm getting like wet. Maybe you can put, maybe you can put something over your head. <laughs> I put a pile of t-shirts on the floor because it's an empty room. On the floor? Yes. So when people... Well, you're going to have to lay on the floor in order for you to get anything going no, with that, right? It's, it's better than it was. Listen, I'm no expert at anything, but I do know this. What's that? No, nothing. Okay. So, uh, so you're still in South Carolina. You haven't moved. No. I, we had a leak and it was... It was raining through my vents and my boob light up on my ceiling. As Your was, boob light? Your boob light. You know, the, Did you say boob light? My wife calls them a boob light. You know, the lights that look like I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What do you call it? Ceiling light. You call it a boob light now. Because that's what it is. It looks like a boob. It's a big thing with a nipple in the middle. Go on. So anyway, the, it was raining for inside my room because... There was I prefer titty light. I call it breast light, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> breast light. So mm-hmm. I had to move my office into the empty room next door. Do you like breast milk? Well, I like breast light. I don't know what that's from. I just said it just right now. Okay. You're welcome. That's what's going on. I, I had to move to the other room next door. All right. Let's talk about something more interesting. Uh, so, Ben, I don't know if you know this. I, I stopped on my travels. I stopped by uh, Gabe's area, and we went to a Mexican joint. And oh, we you had did? some Mexican food. We <laughs> Was did. It- was it pa- Taco Bell? Was it? It uh, was not Taco Q-Dola? Bell. It was 
it, it was nothing like that. It was it was a real place. Uh, do you remember what the name of that place was, yeah. Gabe? It's called Primo One. Have you been back? No. It's the same problem I have at all, all the Mexican places down here. They put mole on their enchiladas. They don't use ranchero oh. sauce. Well, it's not. It was it was like mole mole light. You know, I would say it was mole breast light. Molesque. Yes. I mean, it was kind of like an orangey mole, right? Yes, but right? that's yeah. how they all are down here. They don't know how to make Midwestern Mexican okay. food. So I can see Gabe's uh, problem. Um, one of his problems. I can see it uh, where, from, from the meal that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, your meal was definitely better than mine. I got this uh, vegetarian thing and, it, you know, they had spinach and, you know, Spinach quesadillas and all that kind of crap are delicious. I love them. But, I mean, this was like they put together, like, uh, a tortilla and just fucking threw grass in it that they had just mowed. And I was just like, oh, I felt like the lawnmower man. Um, but but Gabe's thing, I, I can he got enchiladas, and I could see that you were not, you tried, but you were not digging it. Yeah, the chips and salsa were okay. That's the first part of it. But when you get to the enchilada, it, it, I didn't finish it. And I'm still looking for a good enchilada down here. I, I haven't found it. Gabe ended up uh, scraping the sauce off and just putting, <laughs> you know, the the uh, the salsa that they does had it, given does us. It, does it tell you on the menu that there's going to be a sauce and it's going to be mole-esque? No, I think that's no. understood. I think it's understood when you get down south. That's how they make their case of... Uh, or well, next time, just tell them you don't want sauce or you want ranchera sauce. Or give them, say you want Verde. sauce on side. Say sauce on side. You don't sauce like sauce on side. Sauce on side. You don't like Verde, do you, Gabe? I like red ranchero sauce on my enchiladas. Green. Have you tried the Verde? I've tried it, but you know, I just it's, like it's, saying it's, Verde. It's never as good as the red sauce. So why would I do that? It's pretty fucking good. You, maybe you've never had good Verde. Just like that mole sauce is not really mole sauce. But you didn't like it either. So you were in agreement that the well, Mexican, Mexican food I. Down here, I, I, you know, I did not get what I usually get. I took a chance. Uh, this is sub, uh, subpar. I usually get the, the Diablo sauce. Uh, but, but yeah, the vegetarian stuff that I just get the feeling they don't get a lot of vegetarian orders in that place. Like somebody ordered the vegetarian. They're like, Oh shit. Uh, all right, throw this in there. But I did have Taco Bell last night and I had a, my, a bite of my wife's crunch wrap Supreme with no meat. It was pretty, it was pretty good. Okay. Yeah. See, once again, <laughs> friend of the corporation, Gabe Rodriguez, everybody. Yum Corporation. So, uh, I'm a little nervous about tonight. We got uh, Dave Perner on the show. Um, yeah. And, and I thought it would be a good idea to have Dave on because we were supposed to go on tour starting this Sunday. Uh, most people probably know that's not going to fucking happen. Here we go again. Um, uh, I don't know. I, when I, when did that get announced? Oh, Jesus Christ, Ben. Uh, can I vent for a little bit? It Get a fucking vaccine, you fucking toothless fucking morons. Okay? <laughs> Just get Please don't a fucking vaccine. I'm to- so Do fucking tired of this, man. Like, so the first seven shows, that's 10 days, are, are not going to happen. Uh, we don't want to say that they're COVID-related, but they're certainly not not COVID related, you know, you, you got all these people worried about a fourth wave. I can't believe we're dealing with this. I cannot fucking believe it. I don't want to say how much money we're losing, 
but uh, oh, it makes me angry. So, I mean, I, I, sorry. If, if I, I don't even want to fucking be here. I want to go beat people up right now. And I don't, it, listen, if, if you don't want to get the, the vaccine because you're, you, you are afraid how you're going to react to it and, and you have a history of reacting to it, I, I understand. But you do? most, I, sure, sure. If, if people have a reaction to, to vaccines and they honestly have a reaction to vaccines, who am I to say anything? But most of these fuck faces do not have that. And it's just a way to own the libs. And it's a way to, you know, it's like, I don't give a fuck, man. I just want to go to work, you know? And who knows what it's going to be like after this weekend, after they have Lollapalooza, you know? Well, at least... Everyone got their Lollapalooza and Foo Fighters get to go on tour. Fuck the rest of everybody else. So, you know, if another, a fourth wave comes and we're back in, it's because of these fucking toothless motherfuckers. Uh, you know, here's one other thing I want to say to you people. Listen, uh, if there's people who don't have teeth because they have a reaction to having teeth, then that's yeah. cool. Yeah, don't whatever. fucking just badmouth every No, 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 no. I've, I've had it, Ben. The gloves are off. I don't give a fuck about these people anymore. Let me say one more thing to you. And toothless is it's a metaphor. Okay, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. Let me say one more thing to these people. These people that are telling you to not get the vaccine and not listen to the libs and all that kind of shit, they have the vaccine. Tucker Carlson has the fucking vaccine. You're an idiot. You, know, you can't even call them children because children don't know any better. These people know better. They just want to watch the world burn. You're not Joker, motherfuckers. <laughs> I, I, I just want to go to work. And I don't care if you show up. I don't want you to fucking show up. Stay the fuck home. And if you go outside, wear a mask. If you don't want to get the thing, fine. Stay the fuck home or wear a mask. But Jesus Christ, you know, if, if you have goddamn idiots don't have sense to get out of the rain, don't come into our house and track it all up and get the rest of us wet. Fuck off. All right. Thank you. Thank, thank, thank you. <laughs> I'm sure nobody's listening anymore because this isn't any fun anymore. But, but we have Dave, Dave Perner tonight. Uh, and uh, I'm a little nervous because Dave is not the best interview subject. Uh, if you guys think I'm a fucking asshole and you think I got some attitude, oh, wait till you see where it all really comes <laughs> from. Wait till you see the wellspring of attitude that is Dave Perner. I listened to something on Spotify today that made me think, oh, here's a man after our own hearts. He did this thing, not for the last Soul Asylum album, but for the one before that. Mm -hmm. We did like a whole commentary track for the album. And you can uh -huh. listen to it on Spotify. It's like Dave introducing a song and then the song. And then Dave introducing the next right. song and telling little anecdotes about each song. So he's done well, the same thing out, we just he, did. He put out that book last year, uh, Loud Fast Words, and it's all of his lyrics. And he's got little stories around them but uh but yeah i'm not sure how prickly of a pair we're gonna get tonight so uh um you know he's been doing it for longer than i have so i, I defer to him in prickly parishness so we'll see how it goes i mean <laughs> okay you know. yeah it'll be great i'll reminisce with Just, him about spending two weeks no no no, no ben ben years. do not bring up freedy johnson who do not bring up freedy johnston Ben was on tour. Are you telling, is this a real thing you're telling me not to do? Dude, don't do it. Ben, he will flip the fuck out if you bring out Freddie Johnston. <laughs> for, for all of our sakes, please. I want, I, I, I'd like, to, I'd like to, this not to be worse than the, uh, 
the Froberg thing. <laughs> now, All right. If you can help us out, All right. please do I'll not. I'll keep my mouth shut for the entire Don't time. even say that you, you, know, you have a bad reputation or anything even close Nothing to that. Nothing related. And Gabe? I understand. Gabe, no you monkeys. Know, yes? You, you, you know not to mess around here, too, right? You'll, you'll hear a lot less of me during this interview than you did on others. I'm not hip with the Soul Asylum, not, not Soul Asylum, but the Minneapolis rock from the 90s. You know that. Yeah, that's because you're a fucking idiot. Not, not even Husker Du, motherfucker. Uh, you know what? I respect Husker Du. No, listen. Wow. He doesn't even like Prince. It, I don't hate him. I just, I'm, I'm agnostic. Not even Run Westy Run? Who? <laughs> <laughs> I do respect Husker Du. Suburbs? How about the suburbs? Come on. You know you got something on for the no. suburbs. Oh, wow. The suburbs. How about the gear daddies? Yeah. I'm not just... What, I'm not, what about... What about amphetamine reptile? You got you. That's just noise. You don't like them? Oh. Is that a band? Oh. No, it's wasn't. A I know. Wasn't that nice. hold steady, dude? Wasn't Lifter Puller from the Twin Cities before he moved to Brooklyn and got all hip? Well, that's the other thing you should not bring up. Do not, please, do not bring up anything concerning the hold steady. Dave will flip the fuck out. <laughs> Can I tell a heartwarming a story that that warmed my heart uh, about you, Scott Lucas? But it's going to take me a minute to get to you. Okay, but don't now, tell this story in front of Dave. Okay, all right, okay. Tell this story now. Okay, good. So in 1990, I'm living in Brooklyn, New York. My wife oh, works at some place in the city, and there was some guy that she worked. Is this going to be a long story, Ben Reiser? I'm trying to do the fastest version of it I possibly can. No, no, no. Take your time. Well, I don't want to get here. I don't want Dave to interrupt. To come and interrupt this story. Okay. So this coworker of my wife in 1990. This is takes, 1990. 1990 takes a trip to Seattle hmm. for pleasure. Okay, good. Comes back and has bought himself a bunch of 45s at a local Seattle record store, and then has turned those 45s into a two-sided mixtape that he made several, I think, several copies of. He gave one to me. You know, I was a music guy. I had a band. Yeah. Blah blah blah. I listen to this tape a couple times. Doesn't nothing registers with me except for this one fucking song, and I'm like, oh god! And I just stop listening to the rest of the tape and only will listen to the song over and over and over again. And I'm like, this band, who the fuck are they? This song is the best song I ever heard. And then, but I was like, well, they must have, they, you know. I said, and I would ask him, what's the story with this band? He's like, I don't know. It was just one of these seven inches I bought. It's good, right? And I'm like, it's fucking amazing. Uh, then my band went on a little mini tour and we were doing all these radio spots. And um, every time we got on the radio and I have all these tapes of me for the next like three months, every time the DJ was going to play our song from whatever record we were promoting or wanting us to play live in the studio, I would say, wait, do you have this song uh, from the Seattle band? Do you have this seven inch? Play that instead. <laughs> and like I got a couple DJs to like leaf through their thing and say, oh, yeah, and they would play it and I'd be happy. And then six months later, all of a sudden, I'm looking at the New York Times, and there's this big article about this band, and it's the fucking band. And it's about Nirvana, and it says, this band from Seattle, they're coming out with this album, Nevermind, it's the greatest thing ever. And I'm like, this can't be the same Nirvana that I have this one song, Sliver. There's a single, oh, Sliver. Sliver. Fucking Sliver. And and so, I for for like once in my life, I'm ahead of the curve. I'm like, I knew this mm-hmm. fucking band back when it was just a seven inch. Of course, I think Bleach had come out, but I didn't know anything about that. This is pre-internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, cut to yesterday. I'm watching. Somebody has nicely put up on YouTube your entire backyard garden party. And mm. I think some little five-year-old girl or something yells out Nirvana. Yeah. And, and you say, what song do you want to hear? And she says, Sliver. And you try to play it for a minute. And you say, you know, you don't know how to play it. Right. You're going to learn someday. But that it's it's a good one, one of your favorites. And I don't know if you were just placating the little girl who was it no. the same girl who was doing high five and motherfucker a couple. That of is, later? but let me tell you something about that little girl. That little yeah. girl was a boy. Oh, I'm sorry, I did not <laughs> mean to misgender anybody. A, a little girl's name is Blake, and you know here I am. I'm calling the kid Felicia and everything. Oh yeah, and, oh you did it too. Good, I was wondering. Yeah, oh how yeah, I got oh that yeah. Impression. No, I fucked up big time. <laughs> And, and, you know, like going, all right, foul mouth Felicia, because, you know, right. she wanted to hear high five motherfucker. I'm like, all right. And she's saying fuck. And I'm like, what next? You want to learn the C word? You know? And then Justine goes, that was a boy, not a girl. And I'm like, oh, no. So I go over there and Blake was not too happy. I was like, I, I, I lied to the kid. I was like, oh, I can't see that far. And blah, blah. He's like, why can't you see? Because I'm old. But yeah, yeah, he liked Sliver. Which Me is, too. That Sliver dive single is, uh, you know, if you say that's the best thing they ever did, I would not argue with you. I would say it. Even, yeah. if, even if you took Dive off of it. Dive is oh, fine, but I mean. Dive is amazing. Dive is it's amazing fine. too. I, I was Great. thinking like either it was that or you were talking about the Ben Sun single. Uh, no. I would have thought that. You'd like yeah. Ben Sun too, if you haven't heard yeah, yeah. that song. No, I, I, I listen. I got sort it. Sort of like a I, distorted uh, Smithereens. I was the. I became the biggest Nirvana. It made me wonder when when the first time you heard Nirvana was. It was Bleach, and we oh, it was all, Bleach. Yeah, we all kind of thought Look it sounded you. like. Uh, we thought it sounded like ZZ Top. Right. We're like, what is this? I can't remember if it was Bleach or it was Ben Sun single. I think it was Bleach. Gabe. It had to be Bleach from, uh, you know, our old buddy Matt Garcia, who probably yeah. brought it on to us, and the rest is whatever. But yeah. <laughs> so you were ready? Were you ready and waiting for Nevermind or no? Yeah, yeah, we were. We were totally. And did it blow your mind? We were on board. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was. It, uh, I I loved it. Like we had the that that single of Teen Spirit with aneurysm and uh, even in his youth, and I was just kind of like. Wow. Wow. You know, I, I didn't see that coming. I was like, he sounds like Ozzy. You know, like, what is, what's going on here? This is, this is great. You know, because not all major label debuts at that time uh, were good. I mean, they, they kind of had like a, uh, bands kind of had a reputation for fucking it up when they would go from an indie to a major. And mm-hmm. uh, that, I don't think that happened with that record. I think that record is great. But I like Bleach a lot, too. I like Bleach a lot. And when people call it, you know, say it's not that catching hooky, I, I don't know what they're talking about. Well, it's great. But I definitely, for me, it was Sliver, Then I like, and then not knowing that the band had anything else and thinking the band was probably one and done, had broken up long before I'd ever heard the song, and then was shocked to see a thing about them in the New York Times, and then... Ran yep. out and bought Nevermind, loved it, and then then found out about Bleach and loved that too, and blah, blah, blah. Good stuff. So it feels like we haven't talked to each other in a while because uh, side A and side B. So you had some questions from last week's episode? Jeremy Norin was upset about um, mm-hmm. us not 
giving uh, more information about Leon. Who's Leon? I thought we answered that. I thought we talked about that. Did I cut that out? No. I mean, there's just, it's from the Elton John. uh, Kind of. Uh, I I think Leon is more of a, uh, I don't know, a stand-in character for for everybody who seems to be having kids, but doesn't really think that, doesn't he really think that climate change is real? And so they're having all these kids and they don't really give a fuck about whether or not their kids are uh, actually going to have a future. So that's where all that skin in the game type of stuff comes in. I mean, the thing about it was listening to those uh, episodes, especially side one, I've rarely felt like such an asshole in my life. I was just like, Oh my God, can you talk about yourself a little bit more? And it, (laughs) and every time we started like, uh, really delve into the lyrics and sort of dissect them, that's when it got really bad and really insufferable for me. I was like, I I can't fucking listen to this shit anymore. You know? Uh, so I cut all that stuff. So we might've talked about that, um, I don't know, but I, I, I couldn't take it. Just it, it, the side two got a little funnier <laughs> uh, for a few reasons, not the least of which being, hey, John. There's a lot of debate about that. Hey, John thing. I wasn't the only one. And it's I'm, one I'm, of those. Um, well, you know, it's one of those things where everyone sees the black dress or the white dress. Uh huh. It's like the audio version of that. Uh, yeah. People people hear Hey John or Hey Killer or they hear alternating. Listen, listening to it, I could see how Gabe could think it was Hey John. Hey, I'm not the only one. There was there were plenty of people. I, I think I was well, the majority. No one else had ever said that to me until you said that. Because it's almost like a given. Okay, John, hey, John the Baptist, uh, Hey John. You know, there you go. Yeah, but the record's called Hey Killer. The song is called John the Baptist Blues. But it's not called Hey John. Come on, put two and two together. I mean, the more and more you think about this, the more and more I think you'll realize that it's a bonehead mistake. No, I'm just glad that people will be thinking about this every time they play that song for the rest of their life. Yeah. Yeah. Three people. (laughs) Everybody. Everybody who listens to the podcast. All couple dozen of them. Yeah, no, they'll be laughing at you every time they listen to it. And they'll be thinking about you thinking it was, hey, John. They're laughing with me. (laughs) <laughs> I was happy to see that Cindy Yip re- returned with but- buttloads full of comments for uh, boatloads full of comments, not buttloads. Yeah, uh, but for both parts better. of the episode. Uh, after she hadn't commented at all on the um, Jeff Murphy, but she said that Jeff Murphy was so full of information, she didn't have anything that she needed to add. There you go. Okay, one more thing though. This guy's got his hackles up. This guy, Uh-oh. Michael Haynes. He needs to know. Hackling Haynes. He needs to know if that was a jab at the Afghan wigs when you said to Gabe you would never recommend the Afghan wigs to him because that would be stupid. What, what is he? <laughs> I don't know. What is he, the Afghan wigs manager? He's a fuck if it's a jab or not. Go do something else. He needs to know. His hackles are up. I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you whether or not I think gentleman is a piece of shit or not. I'm not doing it. Not going to happen. Uh, what else? Does anybody else remember anything? Gabe, do you have anything that we're supposed to answer from these last few weeks? Of- I don't think so. I mean, I think people got a kick out of the, out of the, the content. It was, it was pretty fun. The content, huh? 
<laughs> yes, the content. That's what we do. We give content. Is that is that or are we content peddlers? Content providers. Oh, providers. We 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 provide. Hello, we're it's, here to provide you with content. It's the buzzword yeah. for people that do podcasts and vlogs and stuff. Content. We got to come up with. Content. All right. So so what? Last week you're saying AF. Now you're saying buzzword and content. <laughs> Who are you? I don't know. I, I think I listen to more podcasts than you do, maybe because, or I watch them. I don't. I don't know. People are talking. Oh, really? About yeah. So, name one podcast you listen to, other than the, the hardcore podcast that you listen to, and other than the Joe Rogan podcast that you listen. Well, they're to. not. They're vlogs, so they're on YouTube. And they're wait, 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 wait. Vlogs. <laughs> what are you fifty? Hey, Jesus Christ! <laughs> the video blog. Okay. No, I get it. But okay. stop yeah. saying it. Yeah, nobody. You know, it's just, a word. It's going to be. No, it's not. It it's not. A, I don't give. I don't give two shits what's in the dictionary anymore. The right. dictionary has lost uh, its cachet with me. I, I think uh, you're turning into your dad a little bit. <laughs> in this proudly, no. I mean, my dad doesn't. It's different. My dad doesn't know what a vlog is. Right. I know what a vlog is. I won't say it. You run around saying things like blog, like, like, and you say it like you've got no choice in the matter. It's like, that's just what people say now. <laughs> so you're going to go kicking and, kicking and screaming, not using these words that everybody else uses because. No, you're, not you're kicking old. and screaming. You're just, up, you're up you know, over 50. That's just, just, admit it. just smugly making fun of you about it. Anyway. Who's got a, who's got a vlog these days, Gabe? Or I watch, I watch vlogs from. Professional bowlers, professional uh-huh. oh, poker Jesus. players. Well, that's cool. And hardcore has-beens. <laughs> that's what I do. I, I don't have to ask which one is the saddest, but which one is the best. Greg Dooley from the Afghan. Oh, no, don't. His don't mom. do this. Does he have one? I, I don't know. It's just stuff. It, it, if you're interested in something and you want to watch more content from people who do <laughs> vlogs, you go on YouTube or you go on Spotify and you, you, you check them out. And click the like button at the bottom. <laughs> subscribe. Like, yeah, subscribe and like. Button. Yes. We're not peddling stuff like that. Like, hey, oh like, my beg God. people for subscribers. But if you what's, do want to subscribe, it won't hurt. What's your What's your TikTok handle? I don't have TikTok. That's the Bullshit. one thing. I, 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 nope, never, never did it. Look me up. What's your TikTok vlog? My, LOL. My name is the same across all platforms. You can find find me here, 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 but not on TikTok. Gabe Rodriguez, the name remains the same. Oh, hey, everybody. It's Dave Perner. Hey, Scott. It's good to see you, man. You What's doing? going on, Perner? Oh, man. I've had a long day, but I don't usually have days like today. I think you've had a long year. I've had a long life, my friend. And I... I so, Dave, we waited for you all in San Diego, and you totally never showed. That is Janine's fault? Yeah, obviously. But, uh, you know. You guys I, aren't pussing out on this tour, are you? We're <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're not pussing out. What do you think Juliana is? Is she is still in? She's still in. Yeah. All right. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, yeah. She's, uh, she's, she's kind of like trying to figure out. I got to tell what's you, what's man, happening I, next. I went to the doctor today, and I wish this was a proverb or a poem, but he said we're all good. Good. He's like, don't worry about it. Well, good. Uh, you know, everybody mask up when you're inside or whatever. I don't know. I'm just glad everyone's still into it because our manager is from Los Angeles, and he got spooked. And uh, my doctor totally understood that. 
It was like, oh, well, L.A. is different. We ain't going that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. That, well, that was where, that was our last show. I mean, I, I think you well, played. We're blaming, we're blaming logistics, not COVID. Okay, good. So you want me to cut this part out? I'm not really sure. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. See, we, we always say that this is that we're going to cut something out, and then we never cut it out. So that, that's how it's going to go down. So, yes, we were on tour together when the shit went down. The last show was in L.A., where they're all freaking out again. Uh, and we both put out records in April. Oh, right. And by the way, I am a lifer. And you are a lifer. So thanks for being on the show. So, and also uh, Hurry Up and Wait is about the best title that I think that we both came up with great titles. I have to say, you know what I mean? I, I, I do know what you mean, but I think you, you should put out a, uh, a special edition of the record called Hurry Up and Wait and Wait and Wait and Wait, and wait Some More. And Wait and Wait Some More. Thanks, man. I was hoping you would give me some quote unquote career advice scott that's what i'm here for (laughs) for, i'm here to give content and advice i like it man those are my two favorite subjects well well, gabe over there is a content provider gabe there's gabe (laughs) what's up gabe hello there dave nice to meet you i I don't think i met you it's nice to meet you too uh, it's good to have you on the show you have really good lighting You know, you, you know what's really good about Gabe, uh, Gabe is he, it's his uh, the framing. Yeah. You know, it's not even the light. The lighting is good, but the framing well, clearly is he, amazing. He, he went to some sort of <laughs> film school that neither yeah, one of us. Yeah, he's doing the golden to. rule of thirds. Nice. Yes, that's fine. That what, Everybody, all the listeners can see what you're talking about. Right, yeah, that's right. Well, How did you and uh, Gabe meet, Scott? Great uh, we question. met in high school. Yes, we yep. had a common group of friends who all liked the similar music. Hey, you're still friends with this guy? <laughs> one of the few that I've had from high school. And I, I, you might be able to say the same, too. I don't know. No, he's one of the few that's still friends with me. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> and then over there is Ben, our producer. Hello, Ben. Hey, Dave, you and I met, but I'm not allowed to talk about it. I did. I did. I saw you, and I was like, wow, he looks familiar. Well, that's yeah, cool. and you have a Wisconsin shirt on, which is where my parents are from, just as a side yeah isn't, i'm in is in that, madison wisconsin isn't that where you're from are you from green bay no that's what it says on wikipedia but i was born in minneapolis but my parents did meet at madison that is true oh awesome do they live in green bay my mother is from green bay and my father is from milwaukee dave i'm mm-hmm. so glad to hear that you're not from green bay that like completely shattered my what's wrong with minneapolis that, yeah what's wrong with that y- you know it just Shattered my whole Minneapolis, uh, not fantasy, Oh, yeah, no, but, I was you know. born and raised in Minneapolis. But yes. the Packers are still the best football team. Oh, yeah? After living in New Orleans for 20 years and becoming a Saints fan, I still didn't come back to the Vikings. Don't tell anyone. I, can we edit this out? <laughs> but I get a lot of flack for it either way. But my mother raised me as a Packers fan and my father. And, you know. It's rough. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, that never went away with them. Let me ask you a question, Scott. Yes. I wanted to know if Local H ever practices. Uh, yeah, we practice today. To sound like that? 
<laughs> That's a joke, Scott. That's what's known as a joke. I like your Barton Fink poster, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> One of my favorites. That, that is the best poster ever. It's got the it's got the mosquito on his forehead. Do you like not hearing about like I don't like it when other people talk about uh whatever they call it. I don't even know what what they call it. They call it being blocked. And that's kind of a part of the Barton Fink situation. Mm. But I don't even like thinking about it. But, boy, they pulled that. Up. I love the Coen brothers. And about by the, the way, like they Reiner's grew up block. about uh, seven blocks from where I am right now. That's right. Have you seen uh, Inside Lewin Davis? Did you not identify with that in a bizarre kind of way and think, wow, what does this look like to other people? It's so good. It's so I just identified with it so much that I yeah. know, it's just great. And it just gets better and better and better. And of course, I, I didn't know who Dave Van Ronk was. And so that like totally made a big thing. All right. Speaking of Minneapolis, uh, let's try to do something here. Try and give me a good idea about what being around the min- Minneapolis scene in the 80s was like. Because to me, that's one of the greatest scenes ever. That's like Detroit in the the 60s 70s and well that's very very flattering and i appreciate your imagination but Uh it was probably not that different than growing up in zion or wherever the (laughs) fuck you're from is that where it is yeah i'm from zion yeah it it probably Ah, is a lot different yeah it's small town and you know i always wonder when people ask me about that i always wonder because i just assume that you know every 10 years since i was 18 and doing that thing that there's a music scene in every town that's kind of like that kids in basements kids doing stuff so to me it's very romanticized but at the same time if it's that unique i you know you don't realize that when you're going through it but Mm. yeah it, it was great there was all these bands that supported each other and you would go play a gig in a tiny club and 40% of the crowd would be other people in bands. And, you know, who's going doing the replacements kind of started to break out. And, uh, that everybody supported what was everybody else's band. So yeah. there was, these really unique bands at the time that never got recognized. And uh, I'm sure that's a part of my, whatever you call that musical fiber, I guess. Yeah. Like what bands? Oh, rifle sport and Exmo six Desmo. And uh, the bands that came before were the suicide commandos and the suburbs and the fingerprints and, it goes on and on magnolia magnolias and uh ground zero and it just there's so many bands that come out of here and i moved to new orleans and lived there for 20 years and the analogy was everybody's got a horn in new orleans and everyone's got an electric guitar in minneapolis and that's you know it's kind of true it's kind of true. Right. But there is, I think it has a lot to do with that winter where you're hanging out with your 
fucking 18 year old fr- can you swear on this thing fuck yeah please <laughs> all right we insist and, there, and there's really nothing to do all winter so these kids start to put bands together as i was once a kid uh, it didn't seem uh odd to me because there was a nut like the day i realized that music didn't just come out of a radio and all these local bands were out there playing i was 17 so i could go see them play but not in a bar right but uh i think that really encouraged me to uh start my own band right so that was at a point when like you started to see people that you knew and they were making music that was interesting to you. And you were kind of like, I can do this. And like your favorite bands became people that you actually hung around with. Is that what? Yeah. Well, I didn't know any of them at first, but here we are this many years later. And one of the guys that showed me my first bar chords was in suicide commandos. And we're kind of like old friends now. And I've become friends with my heroes, like Curtis A and people like that and that's exciting for yeah. me just that i never thought i'd get to hang out with these people when i was a young buck if you will yeah well i mean you're the guy who screams fuck you at the beginning of kids don't follow right is that true yes that and prince is covering one of my songs now are the two things that people are the most impressed about they don't give a <laughs> shit about my songs <laughs> Well, don't you think that's kind of like your attitude? Like basically people knowing your attitude, they don't want to come up to you and go, Dave, I love Runaway Train. They want to talk to you about stuff that's to the to the left or to the right of you so you don't go, fuck, I don't want to talk about that again. I'll be honest with you, Scott. It's mostly just dudes that want to bang me from behind. <laughs> well, I can't see it. So, I mean, I, I almost feel like it's, you know, I'm looking. Yeah, I was joking or yeah. whatever. I'm trying to be funny here, Scott. I'm no, trying to lighten up your, your dry ass <laughs> podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is good content, by the way. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> but it seemed like the scene was like everything was informed by speed. You know, there was Hooskadoo's Land Speed record, and you, you had you guys with loud, fast rules. I mean, right, were you all right, just yeah. doing speed, like nonstop? Uh, well, now this is before Crystal Meth. So okay. we take these things called white crosses, which were basically diet pills. Yeah. I think that's what they were. But uh, whoever whoever made money selling those ephedrine tablets to kids was, was a genius. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there wasn't a lot of speed involved. It was as a drug. Uh, it was mostly just beer. And... Uh, Land Speed Record was uh, so different than Sorry Ma, and I forgot to take out the trash. And it was a very different aesthetic, but it was wrapped up in the hardcore punk scene, and there was, that's kind of where the name comes from, and there was this kind of bizarre thing where one band was just trying to play faster than the other band and be louder than mm-hmm. the other band. I mean, it wasn't bizarre at the time, you know, but it was like, who's faster and who's louder. And, uh, you were pretty loud. 
But land speed record, I think, is probably the fastest thing that's ever come out of this town. (laughs) (laughs) To my knowledge. So at a certain point, you guys are just like, all right, fuck it. Nobody can get faster. This is stupid. Let's do something else. Well, I mean, it's a little more personal than that. I had my own trajectory and I was more informed. Tell me about it. By the, you look sarcastic right now. <laughs> Why don't you talk about yourself there, Scott? Is that what you do anyways? Yeah. So, I mean, what was your, I mean, honestly, I'm not. Trap me into some no, situation. I'm, I'm not being <laughs> sarcastic. I'm trying to like figure out like. I see. When okay. did you, when did like, you know. You start zooming up that hill, and then you start going, ah, let's go somewhere else. You know, I I think before I started, I think that I was really into, uh, I mean, I was, a, I was a trumpet player when I was a kid, so I grew up listening to a lot of jazz music. Jesus, you were? And, you were a trumpet player? Yeah. I started <laughs> in third grade, and then I switched to saxophone and. 11th grade because you know Bruce Springsteen and Bob Seeger had a sax player in their band. Can you play John Page? I switched to guitar because I just thought why am I just you know I want to rock man right. and I heard the Ramones and I was like I think I can do this man that kind of thing uh, so I always appreciated the uh, I don't know what the word is but like you listen to the first Velvet Underground record, and a lot of it is very, well, I would call it punk rock. I'd call it something completely different. And the the element of being able to do whatever you want, I think, flies in the face of the whole theory of what punk rock is supposed to be about, hmm. which is doing whatever you want. Right. So, I mean, I don't like this analogy, but if you look at the Ramones and you compare them to the Clash, it's kind of two different ideologies. Ideologies. Mm-hmm. One was like always stay on cue and, and deliver this thing. And then the other was let's experiment with all these different kinds of music. Right. It seemed, The Ramones seemed to me to be more like, ACDC. It's like, look, we found right. what works. Let's fucking do this right. and let's do it really yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. And you didn't want to do that. You were like, I want to, I want to do something else. Yeah, I wanted every song to sound different, like really different than the next one. Yeah, like Houses of the Holy. Exactly. <laughs> and sadly, I don't think I ever figured it out, but I'm still trying. I did I when I went to uh, when I went from A and M to Columbia. I was sitting in a room with a bunch of lawyers and record executives, and I was like, "Well, we want to do all kinds of music. You know how the Rolling Stones record Some Girls' has a country song, and then it has a this and a that, and it's kind of punk rock sometimes. And you know how Led Zeppelin like really kills it." on something aggressive and then they drop down into this like kind of you know it's hard to use bands as an example for me but i think i think you're following what i'm saying because when i said that to a group of record executives they looked at me like i was crazy <laughs> <laughs> I was like 
And I, you know, I don't have a success formula. Sometimes maybe I just never figured it out, you know. I remember reading an interview with Prince after Around the World uh, in 80 Days came out. No, I mean, Around the World in a Day, 80 Days, whatever. Uh, and, and he was saying, like, he wanted to make a record where every song felt different. And he said the last time he could remember something like that happening was with Led Zeppelin. And I always remember that because I was surprised to hear him talk about Led Zeppelin. And I don't know why, but, you know, that's oh the way everything God. was. We were fed that kind of thing. Like, this is that and that's that. And the Twain never should Well, you know, uh, you know my drummer, Michael Bland. Yeah. And I was watching since this Prince thing came up, I started kind of. He formed a band with these three other women. And mm -hmm. in the middle of a song, he went into Frankenstein. You know the yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. And I said, Michael, that was really interesting because I played in a band with Michael that was a different band, and we did covers, and I made him do Frankenstein. And he just rolled his eyes every time <laughs> he, he played the fills. Right. And he was like, ah. I was like, okay, well, now Prince is playing it. What do you think? And he just sort of said, he's always been that way. And the weirdest thing to me about that is that growing up in Minneapolis, when I was a kid, there was two or three different radio stations. One was called KQRS, and they're still alive, and they're still playing the same music that I was listening to right. when yeah. I was 12. <laughs> but uh, that's a strange bond I have with Michael Bland and possibly Prince. So... It's just ingrained into our musical whatever it is. And I, you know, Michael likes Journey, and I still don't like Journey. So, Oh, we're not going to get into that. No, let's not. Let's not get into that. <laughs> when, you, when you did that interview with, with the, the Beatles radio station, did they ever come up and ask you a Journey question? They told me they were going to. Did what? they end up doing that? Yes, they did. And I blame you. <laughs> I still blame you for that. Well, you, it, well, you're right, too. It was my fault. I told them to ask yeah, you a journey yeah, question. You're a smart ass, mm. which mm -hmm. is why I love you. Yeah, well, where did I get that from? Uh, not me, I hope. Oh, well, of course not. So yeah. not only were you in the middle of that Minneapolis thing, but you were also smack dab in the middle of that whole 90s alternative thing. I mean, you were... You were right there. You were, I mean, you fucking played at the White House. I mean, I mean, that, that's the thing. Was that weird? Like, you know, you're, you're in Minneapolis and, you know, it's Husker Du and the replacements and, and then suddenly you're bigger than them. Was did that fuck with you at all? No. Uh, <laughs> the thing that was strange for me. Oh, by the way, did you get the note we left? for you at paste yes yeah nice yeah practice harder uh, or something <laughs> was it? wait what did you just ask uh uh was that from you the that 80s saying? to the 90s being bigger than the mats and <laughs> no I mean, oh like, yeah asking I mean, whether or not it fucked with you about you know no, suddenly I, you had I outgrown these bands like, i kind of got to the point where you know i, I I was I was into watching the replacements and Husker Du try to struggle. I don't know if it was a struggle, but just try to deal with major labels. Yeah. And 
to me, they were a bit of a, what's they call when you throw somebody into the fire sky, people, I don't know, whatever it's called, but watching Canary how the they mine? dealt with it. What? Canary in the coal mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Huh. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it, this is not a boast, but the band went out and opened for Keith Richards and it was one of the best tours I've ever been on ever because every night I would watch the headlining band, which Scott, I'm sure you leave before we play. So no, thanks. You might you know, learn something. You know, I don't, anyways, you know, I don't <laughs> anyways. Uh, at some point or another, Steve Jordan, who's Keith yeah. Richards drummer walked into a record store and he was like, wow, like you guys are selling more records than Keith Richards. And that was kind of stunning to me. Right. Uh, and that made no sense at all to me, but I was on into my, whatever it is where it's all kind of no her, no foul. Everyone's just trying to make a living. And, uh, I don't, you know, I don't, I think Bob Mould said something about Soul Asylum in an interview that sounded a little off. But other than that, uh, no, I, I think every band has their own trajectory. And if they're going to be little bitches about it, mm -hmm. be whatever, jealous or just generally people that sit around and talk about how their band is great and everybody else's band sucks. Right. It's just not my thing. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I know people like that and I hear them attack a band and I'm like, well, you're in a band too. So, <laughs> right. but that it, it didn't fuck with you personally where you were just kind of like, Oh, how did this happen? You know? Oh, no, not, not okay. really. No, I was just kind of going, oh, this is an opportunity to be in a better studio and have a better mic mm -hmm. and this, that, and the other thing. I just was doing so, my thing, you know? So when you did the Keith tour, was that before or after Steve produced those records? Before or after what? Before or after you worked with Steve in the studio? Steve it was Taylor? after. It was I'm after. I'm sure okay. that's why we got the gig, you know? All right. That makes that makes more sense. We than, had just put out Grave Dancers Union and Keith put out Talk is Cheap, which is a great record. Dude, yeah. dude, I watched it like a, a few months ago. I was watching on YouTube, the, the, the YouTube. Have you heard of the YouTube? I was watching on YouTube and it was when uh, they were the band, the Keith Richard band was on Saturday Night Live. And it was the best performance I've ever seen in my life. They were having the best time that I've ever seen a band have your thoughts. They're an amazing band. And it's very, uh, it's very strange to try to compare, you know, the Rolling Stones to Mick or Keith's solo project. It just doesn't seem necessary, but they Keith put that band together. And I, now I know everybody in that band, they are one of my favorite bands like ever the expensive yeah. winos. They're just astonishing. And that's just a lot of people going, Hey, you know, Charlie Drayton and Steve Jordan and Waddy Wattell. 
Wadi. I mean, Jesus. they're an amazing band. And Ivan Neville, and, oh, it's just astonishingly good. It yeah, really ha- has. That Saturday Night Live performance is great. Have you seen that, Gabe? Uh, no, no pre- yes, yes, I have. Yeah. That's pretty good. Oh, by the way, when somebody plays on Saturday Night Live, Scott, it's not called a gig. <laughs> What's it called? It's called a TV appearance. I don't think I said gig. Did I say it's gig? It's only two songs, man. I didn't say gig, did I? You can say gig for everything if you want. I just jerked off the other day. It was a pretty good gig. <laughs> giggity, giggity. I did not say gig when I was just describing that, did I? I don't know. Okay. I'm sorry if I accused you of saying that. <laughs> but I am trying to give you a hard time. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I hope I know you that. wouldn't want it any other way. No. You're yeah. wearing an Ozzy Osbourne t-shirt. That's right. I am. Okay, Listen. I wish I could see what you were wearing. Uh, I got nothing on my T-shirt right now. Okay. What are you going to say about Ozzy? I was going to say something like, because you know the marry one, fuck one, kill one thing? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. We yeah. don't say one. So, we just say F, marry, kill. Or fuck, marry. You don't have to F- say one. F, M, K, if that's what you want to yeah, call it. there you go. Okay, so let's do this. Let's do Jimmy... Hendrix, Jimmy Page, Randy Rose, got to marry one, fuck one, kill one. Hmm. Well, Jimmy Hendrix, he's already dead, so. Oh, two of them are dead. Oh, shit. Uh, that doesn't count. Hmm. It doesn't right. count. When you play marry one, fuck one, kill one, you can put Marilyn Monroe in your bag. Well, I guess we might, I mean, maybe... We should kill Jimmy Page because then I wouldn't have to fuck or marry any of them because they're all dead. Clearly, you don't understand how this game works. <laughs> no, clearly. Let me try to simplify it for you, okay? Okay. All right. Here we go. Okay. Uh, do you know who fuck Farrah Fawcett Major Perry. is? I do. I do know who. Okay, who, Charlie's who, Angels. You know who her? she was. She's dead too. Okay. You're just all obsessed right. with dead people. Let me try you? this again. Clearly, you don't understand this game. Okay. Let's okay, let me you try do. something. Scarlett Johansson. She's alive. Thank so you. So they say. You don't understand this game. So they the say. The whole game is, didn't we play this on the road ever? No. The whole game is like, you say the three names quick, and the person has to answer the question okay, very I'm ready. quickly. I'm ready. Let's go. And then they get to do one to you. you, you got this? No, no, I, I, I think I have it. Let's go. Let's you, do you sure? Mm, I, uh, okay, uh, I'm gonna give it a shot. All right, let's go. You ready? I. Are you sure? Lady Gaga, Scarlett Johansson, um, singer in uh, No Doubt. Gwen Mar- Stefani, you gotta marry one, fuck one, kill one. Mary Don't Gw- think about it so much. Mary Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani, okay. fuck Scarlett Johansson, and kill Lady Gaga. See, that was easy. See, that's how you play the game. I told you I could play it. You're a slow learner, my friend. <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, you got me. Okay, all right, here, here's one. So you were the Paul McCartney voice in Backbeat, right? Uh, yes. The backbeat yes. with the backbeat band. The yeah. band the backbeat. I think it's McCartney. It's McCartney or Lennon. <laughs> right, it but you is. know, they're doing covers and they're matching up Don was produced it. Right. So he just sort of 
you know, got me and uh, your best friend from the Afghan wigs and a few oh, other Greg. people to uh, sing vocals. He got Henry Rollins and he got, I'm sorry, I can't, uh, but uh, Mike Mills did the demo version of a song that I sang and Don was chose Mike Mills version over mine. And I kind of understand. I was a little bit annoyed, but I kind of understand why he did it. I was over, I was overdoing it. Wait. So y- your version is not on the record. Mike Mills is like on. this all the time. And Mike was more casual. <laughs> And, uh, so you were doing like the long tong, long tall Sally type of uh, yeah, Paul well, thing. Yeah, that was one of them. All right. So but is I was th- trying to channel the Beatles in Germany. I don't know how to channel that. The I drank some German beer. <laughs> the Hamburg Beatles. Yeah. I thought you said the Beatles in Journey. I was about to wait. What? What? Germany. So, I got you now. So is there a best Beatle? Or do you just reject the idea of a best Beatle? No, I think that that is disgusting. Yeah. Like, I love the game, marry one, fuck one, kill one. But (laughs) I hate the game, who's cooler, the Beatles or the Stones? That seems totally irrelevant to me. Right. Because the Beatles are cooler. So, yeah, I don't have a favorite Beatle, if that's your question. Well, no, no. My question... My I have a favorite is, member of Local H, and it ain't you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was a joke. That's what's known as a joke, my friend. Listen, <laughs> if you're making a joke, you don't have to say it's a joke. It's just implied. Sometimes that it's a I joke. wonder about you, Scott. Uh, I well, you know, you you remember that? Uh, what was it? Was it the Three's Company episode where he goes, "I'm laughing right here. I'm that guy who's like pointing to his inside. chest. I'm, I'm laughing inside where I'm it laughing counts. on the inside. I'm laughing in the inside. No, the question is." Do you subscribe to a best Beatle or do you reject the idea of a best Beatle? I wasn't asking you uh, who is the best Beatle. I'm asking you. don't have to backpedal. I think I already answered the question. I think if if people rewind, they'll see that I'm not backpedaling. What are you going to tell me who your favorite member of Rush is or something? It's Getty Lee. Favorite member of The Clash or? It's Paul Simonin. So you're really like that, huh? Yeah. And somehow you still don't understand the marry one, fuck one, kill one thing. I think I do. I, I think I fucking nailed okay. it. All right. Well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not picking favorites unless it's marry one, fuck one, kill one. Okay. F. Mary, right, here, kill. Here's, here's Paul McCartney, Mary, here's, John Lennon, what, man. George Harrison. I'll fucking there you say go. it again. Fuck, Mary, kill. John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison. Marrying John Lennon. Mm-hmm. Fuck to see. This is difficult, but don't take too yeah, much time. I, this I'm isn't a gig. This is just I'm an appearance. Fuck, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck George and kill Paul. See now, what you see? What you, see what that you did makes there? me feel really uncomfortable. Saying see, that. see what you did there. See what you did. You, uh, you told us. You, you told us who I your don't favorite like was. This. Yeah, we told you told us it, you, you really told not. us who your least favorite was. Yes, you I did. did not tell yes. you who my favorite was. He's you, you, John. Yeah, we obviously know that John's your favorite. Well, it's interesting you, you killed the one Beatle that isn't already dead. I, I know. Well, and I went and saw Paul McCartney and it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Oh, it's great, isn't it? It's unbelievable. 
so good. Have you uh, watched that thing that he's doing with Rick Rubin? I think I, think I saw a clip. Is it on Hulu? Yeah. I saw a clip from it, I think. Yeah. I, I watched the first episode, and at first I was so annoyed. I was kind of like, you know, because Rick Rubin's standing there with his mouth open and just like, oh, you know, genuflecting. And then I thought, well, how else is he supposed to act? That's, that's the only way that you can actually act around that guy. I mean, we're talking about a guy that produced Johnny Cash. I mean, come on. I know. What are you supposed yeah. to do, like be a dick? No, 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 I, 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 have you ever worked with a producer, Scott? Uh, I have. (laughs) Have you ever produced anything? Uh, no. Do you want me to produce something for you? Uh, well, not for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let's talk to you. I want you to produce a track for Solo Style. Okay. Yeah. Then I want you to tell me. And my drummer and my guitar player and my bass player. Eh, don't do that. Do something else. Well, that'll be fun. All right, it's, so speaking of producers, what was making that record with Michael Beinhorn like? Because that guy's kind of famous for breaking up bands. I mean, were, were, was that your choice or was that something that was foisted on you? I would listen to uh, producer tapes constantly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just talking to somebody the, the other day. Uh, Appetite for Destruction hadn't come out yet. And it was that record. And it was the Tesla record. And it was like two other records. But I didn't, I didn't notice Guns N' Roses, which seems strange to me. But I was listening to all these different productions. And Michael Beinhorn had a a production reel and it had like a minute and a half of every song that he's produced. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty cool sounding. And I had a phone call with him and he seemed very in tune to what I was doing. And, uh, he is a perfectionist and, yeah. He is anal retentive. <laughs> that's a polite word for what he is. And I, and I think that that's what makes him a great producer. Yeah. However, you have to have about $3 million at, you know, inflation adjusted. It's, you know, he spends a lot of time in the studio spending a lot of money until it's just right. And uh, I don't know if anyone can afford that anymore right so yeah he's uh very diligent about getting what he wants and we were at uh gosh darn it i can't remember the studio in new york and he was like something's wrong was that studio in new york where uh sonic he's monster or something anyways he's like something's not happening something's not working and we had booked like about a month in the studio and we kind of broke it down to maybe it was a loose screw rattling in a, you know, in a, in a fan thing. Like he has, has very astute hearing. Uh, so there's things that make him a great producer and things that make him 
really hard to work with because he's a perfectionist. <laughs> yeah. you know? And I think that's what people have to go through to work with him. And was it worth it? Oh, yeah, for sure. I learned a lot. Yeah. But you say, know, I need to hear that honk. I want to hear that honk. What's and the I'm honk? like, what is he talking about? <laughs> and it was the honk of the, the electric guitar. And he would spend three days just moving mics around and getting that honk where the, you know, guitar made it vibe, you know what I'm saying? Made a certain sound with the Marshall amp, right? The air in a certain way. And that's he's, what he's not that talking record about that. sounds like. That's he's a, not talking about that Telecaster honk, that thing. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, he is. Yeah. That's exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. You know, and that was. Yeah, but he's not the kind of guy you work with again. I'd work with him again for sure. Sure, but how many yeah. bands have? Not sure. I don't know. Material. I mean, he made that Soundgarden record, and you know they made one more, and then they were like, "Fuck this, we're done." He's a ball buster, man. And he, yeah. He fired my drummer. Yeah. Then he brought in Sterling Campbell to play drums, and I was like, "Wow." These little boys from Minneapolis are getting schooled on uh, what, how you fill the space. And, uh, Sterling just blew me away. I listened to his drum track on a song that was in uh, a particularly odd uh, time signature, and I cried. I was just like, wow. Nice. Because you don't know what you don't know what else is out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I mean, Michael Bland is one in a million and Sterling is amazing. And as what I agree with as a cliche is you're only as good as your drummer. So mm -hmm. sorry, Scott. Your drummer <laughs> is a fucking asshole. I'm kidding. I love that dude. I don't know how you guys do it with two people, but it's pretty amazing. What put up Can with I your suck abuse? Your dick now? Put up with your abuse? No, two put people. Up with, put up with your your. Well, okay. Well, you can put it however you want. Just sound good with two people. You mean we sound good for two people? There's there's a difference. No, I sound I don't good mean with that. two people. I, I sound don't good mean for that. two people. I don't mean that. I, mean that. I know. The power good. comes off the stage as if it sounds like four people. How do you like that? Yeah, that's good. I'll take it. All right. I'll take that. So, <laughs> so I was reading that that uh, Rolling this Stone. This whole podcast based on blowing you? I'm just wondering. <laughs> no, it's not. That's 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 Those are the parts that get, get gone. Those are the parts that end up in the edit. Okay, yeah, they, they end up in the cutting room floor. <laughs> so, so I've always wanted to have a, a interview like this, like an almost famous interview where the Rolling Stone writer follows you around tour and I was reading that one uh, the other day I think it was from 95 where it was Hard Dazed Night was that Neil Strauss that you did that interview with yes that's pretty fucking funny that's a pretty fucking funny interview and my favorite part is, is a bit about you going to a Fugazi concert I mean you can't make that shit up how old are you man <laughs> <laughs> no I'm curious I'm 51 I hated that interview. I really did. 
I wanted to fucking kill Neil Strauss because I thought it was so unrepresentative of what was really going on. And I felt like he was trying to sensationalize things in a way that is gross. Uh-huh. So I don't think that he's a good journalist or a good interviewer. I like Errol Morris. I enjoy the interview process, but I think Errol Morris is great. And I think that Neil Strauss is at the bottom of the barrel. Well, you seem to be on to Neil. And that, that was the interesting the interesting part for me That's was that you decided were kind of, to do. Turn it around. So, like, he's yeah. the guy that knows everything. And I'm just a jerk off. Right. But you were like, okay, what's your angle? I and mean, it's like, what do you think of us? You know, what what's going on? It's like, what the That's fuck true. is so I interesting about us? I can't believe you remember that. Oh, well, I mean, it. it it's the not big, that far off from you know being on tour with you you know it, there, there there is a lot of that it's like all right what, what the fuck's going on Never here seen me pee in a potted plant have you no but it, it okay. doesn't surprise me i've peed in a potted plant well, there you go that's what you're going to be famous for <laughs> easy <laughs> fuck mary kill neil strauss errol morris and edward r murrow and who Edward R. Motherfucking Murrow. Is he before Edward. your time? He's one of the most famous journalists, TV personalities in the history of Whoa, the 1950s. Edward who? <laughs> Edward Murrow. Oh, 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 oh. Well, that is so easy. I would marry Errol Morris. I would fuck Murrow and I would kill Strauss. That's too easy. <laughs> That was a gimmick. I got a, I got a pee. Can you guys wait? Talk amongst yourself for sure. a second. Okay. Are you, are you going? Is there a potted plant back there? <laughs> Let me ask you something. Do you guys ever get dates from doing podcasts? And I just. Do we ever get baked? What? Dates. D- Starts with a D. Dates. You eat them. Not the things that come off a tree. Well, but here's a funny one. Last night before last, well, last night. Uh, a friend of mine's friend came over and started like getting like putting uh, Fleetwood Mac on the YouTubes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he left and then uh, I kept watching it and I was watching him do Tusk live yeah. <laughs> and I had to call Michael. I was like, what the hell is going on? You know, and it's odd. I promised myself I won't call Michael in the middle of the night <laughs> because I'm the guy that calls you in the middle of the night. What did but he I, say? I texted him at 4 a.m. and he just had all kinds of things to say about it. He just was very interested in the conversation. And I, I was like, what is, what is going on here with Tusk? Is he channeling African rhythms? Is he is he just showing off? Because when the band plays it without the because people go, oh, that's the one with the uh, the whatever it's the Cal- the UCLA. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one with that. But without that, it's mostly drums, drum solos, drums and drum solos. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's pretty kick ass. Do you but, like drum solos? No, I don't like drum solos, but I, I love... Can you imagine if Local H had 20 minutes of drum solos in their sets? No one would like you guys. 
Okay. Well, I, that I, was a joke. I, I, I think people might. Uh, I, that's one of those <laughs> things where I don't, people love drum solos. And like when I was growing up and you'd go see the band and they'd start doing the drum solo and the place would go nuts. And I'd be like, Oh no, I'm going to have to sit and listen to this for 10 minutes. I, I can't fucking do it. Did you like drum solos? I never did. I've seen probably three drum solos in my life that, that kind of blew me away and they were all jazz players. Yeah. That's yeah, what you, gets interesting. You like that jazz shit, don't you? Goddamn right, man. Who's you your favorite? Like jazz? You know, you know this new what thing. Wrong on, with you, man? you know this new thing on uh, Apple Music that's spatial audio? Shit. Well, I do not. Okay. Well, anyway, there's this new way that they're sort of uh, mastering stuff for headphones, and it's, you know, like sort of like a surround sound type of thing. And it sounds fine for some rock bands, but when it really sounds great is the jazz stuff. Like, you should check it out. I mean, it's because of the room, and it's because of the tape. They're doing something. It really is. It's all this shit. Do you, do you like Neil Young? I love Neil Young. Well, the PONUS system failed, apparently. I think they're trying to... Uh, but I, I hate MP3s, and somewhere in there is kind of how I feel about all of it. But I only listen to vinyl. And by the way, Miles Davis is my favorite because I'm a trumpet player. That Dude, this... Fucking De- blows my mind. Man. This Dexter Gordon track. Okay. Uh, using right. the, what are we going to do? Talk about every jazz no, player? No, but I'm just saying this Dexter Gordon track u- using this new Apple spatial audio. And I feel like an asshole talking about it, okay. but you sound it, like an asshole. Oh, great. But it sounded so good. <laughs> and you've, you've got to hear it. You like when you listen to it in stereo, it sounds amazing. Okay. But when you listen to it in this new process, it's, it's, you know, it goes around. Are you getting paid for this? No, I'm not. And I, I, I hopefully, how many speakers does it take to do that? Uh, five. Three to listen to and two to catch you in the back. Something, I don't know, something like that. Is but that yeah. right? That's 5.1? So it's, it's basically like it a 5.1, 7.1 type of thing. It's like, you know, pink, pink Floyd shit. Who's got but, fucking room in their house for five speakers? That's no, you just, you just use, you, you use those fucking earbuds. The, you know that, what? That's I bet it. you bought a pair of Beats. Uh, you know what? I got them for free, so. Oh, look at you. There you go. Well, and so did Janine. No one gave me a free pair of Beats. Well, maybe if you would listen to them instead of stop talking shit, it, somebody might give you something. It's a bit of a, what do you call that? It's a trend, and people fell for it. And Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre suckered everybody into about a billion dollars. And I thought that it would, the trend had gone away and it pretty much has you don't see beat headphone stations at every airport anymore no they're trying to to put the beats onto the airpods thing but i'm telling you i'm 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 not listening to to the this dexter gordon track and all these okay i'll look it up on mine it's pretty cool it's pretty cool pretty cool Uh, and wait till you hear fugazi using the spatial audio thing okay holy shit so you, you really went you really investment you it. really went to that fugazi show and and strauss followed you to the fugazi well, show we think i fucking made that up <laughs> well you didn't write the, the article was there right you didn't I mean, write I the article i didn't know what to, i don't know so he's just trailing you 
to to the nine thirty club. I would love to hear a waiting room with in that. spatial audio. <laughs> yeah, that might be pretty yeah. cool. Bro, waiting room. Yeah, you, know, you get room. around a guy and he's just like, "Okay, what are we gonna do?" And I'm like, "I don't, I don't know. I don't know. What, <laughs> what am I supposed to do?" I'm like, "Oh, Fugazi's playing. Let's go see them." Yeah. Well, you got to perform for the guy, yes, basically. The dude is just basically following me around and observing me, and it makes you very uncomfortable. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. But there's a lot of that sort of candid interview thing, and then you're like, oh. Which is impossible. It's my day off. Right. It's impossible. <laughs> it's, the guy's not your buddy. It's impossible. You can't do it. Okay. So, so you got people following you around. You got all that shit going on, and, you know, uh, at what point did you get your equilibrium back? You know, you know what I mean? It's, it seems to me like we were talking about this lifers thing and like, and your band is a perfect example of a band that, you know, did their thing and was, we kept going up and then suddenly boom, it, it blows up. And then you like, sort of have to figure what, out. That's how, how you're going to play this. No, I just wonder, like you got to figure out how to Fucking, sort of, Get your feet. Became, get your feet on your. It became ground. a reality to me when I moved to New Orleans. Okay. Oh, I that's how you to, got your equilibrium back. Was moving to New exactly Orleans. That's exactly right. Yes. Okay. Watching jazz music in very small clubs and listening mm -hmm. to bebop and improvisation, and I just didn't ever want to hear another fan that sounded like don't take this the wrong way but you know nirvana or pearl jam or whoever why would i take that the wrong I, I way just, well i don't know i just wanted to <laughs> did you, you follow know, rock up? and roll is is really awesome when it's somewhat original and i don't know i think local h is is just a great band and i love local h and i love <laughs> you so when you were in new orleans so great did you and just follow? now i see and listen to uh the, the surround sound new oh, sound okay, the local right. h record <laughs> the wheels are off <laughs> so did, when you were in new orleans you just follow kermit ruffins around and that's basically what you did and got your shit together that is basically what i did yeah you know i found john Boutte and i found henry butler and i produced their records Oh. And I smoked weed with Kermit Ruffin. Nice. And I gave him a picture of me playing rock and roll. And he was always really funny. I mean, New Orleans is a beautiful place. Yeah. Anyways, that's my story. If you want to hear the rest of it, it's all about sousaphones and timber and timbre. And... All right. So is it timber or is it timbre? I don't know. Ask someone who knows. I think they're two different words, actually. Are they? I don't know. Because uh, you potato, know, potato, I think man. about that on a you're supposed to know this shit. I you're think the that guy I, I think about that on a weekly. Think about that on a weekly. Oh, you think this is an interview? I think about that on a weekly basis. Is it timber or timbre? Uh, don't they have Google for that or something? Mm -mm, we have a it's producer. Timber, timber is timbre. a logging situation. Timber timbre is, is a musical. Dip. <laughs> term. And uh, people think the director's when name you is chop one down thing. a tree. Yeah, it's Got actually it. Tam Burton. He pronounces it that way. Pee so, Dave, uh, Ben wanted to tell you that he's been on tour with you before. He was working for uh, uh, who was that guy that you were working for? 
Uh, am I allowed to say the name? <laughs> of course, man. Get your bugs out. There. Okay, I do. I, I have one memory of being on tour with you for two weeks. Uh, Just I was one a, memory. He's been. He was on tour with you for two weeks, Dave, and he has one memory. I have two memories. Oh, two. Oh, one. I, one for each week. I also discovered that I wrote a little tour diary in a in a loose leaf. Uh, notebook right. and I read some of my entries. All right, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was tour managing, which is a polite way of saying I was driving the van. For who, Ben? Tell him for, for who. Freedy Johnston. Okay, here we go. Now, okay. But is this shit going to hit the fan pause for right a now? second and say, I love Freedy. Just to put it on record. He is the <laughs> sweetest, greatest guy. Is he that? He's He's not that cool. Okay. What was I going to do? Okay. Wait, wait, well, Scott, were you wrong... afraid I was going to badmouth Freedy in front of Dave? No, I was fucking with you. Oh, okay. I figured that was what the story was. Okay, yeah, thanks. no, I love Fre- Freedy. Freedy and I, I mean, listen, I was not qualified for the job. It was a stupid thing for me to do, but I had a lot of fun and whatever. Uh, so I, w- two things about that tour. It was, so you were doing, it was Grave Dancers Union and Lemonheads mm-hmm. were, with you and so was both of your bands like at your so was that tour point. just as grave dancers were coming out or was that l- later on it Do was you just when it was you asking me yeah i'm asking both of you i don't know that was it, whirlwind it, it was when they, it was it was it was when they were just coming out it was 1991 right. because there's that no there's what, that what uh, austin that? texas show i was at that and, show i saw yes. that on spotify today i was like oh yes. i was at that fucking show and when you hear dave and dan talk about the songs it sounds like they're still putting it together like you guys are talking about how you're gonna cut the middle out of uh, black gold really well the album was out you guys pay attention to this kind of stuff a lot one thing I, th- I'm going to forget it all after it's ben. over. I got yeah. a question for you. Yeah. You ready for this? Yeah. Here yeah. we go. Mr. Smarty Pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. The Cone Brothers, Martin Scorsese, <laughs> Stanley Kubrick, Kubrick. You got to marry one, fuck one, kill one. Explain or the rules of the game to me one more or time. Or kill two. You know this. Don't. <laughs> come on. Just do it. Kubrick, the Coen brothers, and and who? Scorsese. Oh, and Scorsese? Don't think too much time. Uh, Well, I guess I got to fuck the Coen brothers because it's a threesome. That sounds like fun. Nice. Well done, Ben. Already you're winning. Marry Scorsese because um, something and then kill Kubrick. You don't have to have reasons. Okay, that's fair enough. That's really, yeah, I'm that's only saying that, that, that last part was just because I'm in the room with and Scott. And you can't so consult really with can't. other people. Gabe, Gabe, you ready for your fuck, Mary kill? No, I'm going to forget anybody you t- tell me as soon as you say No, it. no, you're not going to remember man. this. Ready, Gabe? Ready? I got to write it down. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, that's not how it works. Ready? Glenn Danzig. <laughs> yes? Glenn Danzig and Glenn Danzig. <laughs> That's not even no, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Danzig, Lars Ulrich, and uh, and Steve Harris. Uh, Mary, Steve Harris, kill turn, can Lars you, Ulrich. Dude, can you and turn your yeah, turn Danzig. your turn towards the microphone when you talk? You heard it's me. Too late. It's too late. You heard he said you're just gonna have to fix it. You're gonna have to. I heard him. He said Mary Glenn Danzig. Fuck Glenn Glenn Danzig and. <laughs> Kill Lars. I think yeah, we're killing Lars. Mean. That's for sure. Oh, stop it! Lars didn't do anything to you. 
That's right. Or did he? No, it's not the game, man. You just have to accept whatever everybody else says, and then you get to throw one back at them. That's how the game works. Go ahead, Gabe. Throw one. I'm not good at this game. Uh, Clearly. No, I'm not. Go ahead. Come on. What were you going to say? I'll give you another one. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Anne Hathaway. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. You got to marry one, fuck one, kill one. Oh, my God. That is a tough one. That's for Gabe, right? No, yeah. that's for you. That's for you, Scott. Oh, I, I say, I say, kill them all. All right. Clearly, you guys don't understand this game. <laughs> it's not a good place to go. I love the way that Dave like talks about it. Like it's a really complicated game. Clearly, guys, you don't understand this game. Well, one of my favorite uh, things about that is uh, Ricky Bobby's dad, <laughs> and he tells Ricky Bobby, "If you're not first, you're last." Right, and he takes that on as his mission in life, and then he sees his dad twenty five years later, and he goes, "You're not. If you're not first, you're last." And his dad goes, "What are you talking about?" And he goes, "That's what you told me. I've lived my whole life that way." And he says, "Ricky, I was wasted when I said that. There's second place. There's third place. It's brilliant comedy. It's pretty good stuff." Neil Young was not happy about that movie. Why? He thought it was uh, not racist. What would you call it? Like uh, regionalist? Like he oh, thought it was really making fun of hillbillies. The guy who wrote, uh, the guy wrote Southern Alabama. No, I mean, Southern man. You're right, 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 right. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. What? That's the, true. He thought it was racist. The regional thing. The regionalism. Yes. He's the yeah. last one to complain. Well, about. apparently Leonard Skinner forgave him or something. Well, apparently Leonard Skinner schooled him, and now now he's he's on Leonard Skinner's side. Sometimes, if you're going to throw it out there, well, which I think is great, to take the but the, you know. the line that I think is really great in in Sweet Home Alabama. Now that you asked, is Watergate does not bother me. Now, what do you think's going on there? <laughs> what do I think is going on there? Hmm. Well, like is he a Nixon fan or is he really just interesting question? Does he just not think that, you know, he's like, I think that I don't he give a thinks shit. that politics is bullshit. And that's basically where he's at. Like, I don't give a shit about politics. Right. He doesn't. I'm in Leonard Skinner, man. What right. the hell? <laughs> he doesn't. He does. Well, but those guys also wrote Saturday Night Special. So, uh, you know, that song would be today. They'd be like, "Fucking politics, fuck you, Leonard Skinner." I'm never listening to you again. So uh, that's how Chicago far was into, we've come. Into drums. I mean, into guns. <laughs> into drums. What's <laughs> the difference? Well, how Just about, loud things. Yes. All right. Well, let's let's get real serious and speak of Ground Zero. Uh, you were home for that entire George Floyd thing. Yes, I was. How fucked up and crazy was that? After 20 years of living in New Orleans, Louisiana, and going, these people down here are backwards racist people. Uh -huh. And then coming back to Minneapolis and seeing that shit or yeah. this shit going down, it was astonishing. And I'm like, wow. It's, it's everywhere. It's yeah. Not, I mean, so. I, I mean, I was... Uh, you know, it might have, 
I, it might have even been Michael. I was reading something that Michael was was saying, like about how like uh, that Minneapolis was this, the second most racist city in the country. Really? Um, That's a tough call. I don't. I mean, maybe yeah. it is. I don't. <laughs> I don't know where he got that from. Or, well, or we got a lot of white it. people up here. I'll you got a that. lot of white people. What was the first most? Boston, uh, Madison. Probably. <laughs> yeah, how come Madison went Republican? I don't get that either. Oh, fucking Madison, man. Fucking Madison. Well, Dave, I can't wait to see you, and I, uh, I hope this tour actually happens. That's the same thing I'm saying. <laughs> I know. When am I going to see you, man? Cool. Wear a mask. Yeah, don't is that? Spittle on me, man. Oh, okay, I know. I, I, I won't do that anymore. I assume you've been vaccinated. Yes, I've been vaccinated. I, uh, How do you feel about people that refuse to be vaccinated? Well, there, there's uh, uh, this would be a nice bookend because this thing started before you got on with me talking about how I feel about people who refuse to be vaccinated. You know, I you know, if you don't want to get out of the fucking road, fine, don't get out of the fucking road, but don't get hit and then bleed all over me. I'm just I, I just want to go back to work. I, I know that's selfish, but I said so not did you. selfish. It's the dude that's not getting vaccinated. That seems selfish to me. It's absolutely selfish. I mean, but I mean, there are there there are better reasons for a person to get vaccinated than to have some dude in a rock band be able to go back to work. But for Christ's sake, I've been sitting around for a year and a half playing yeah, ball, we're gonna doing the right thing all over him. Yeah, but these are the same exact <laughs> assholes who who refuse to wear a mask. That's what the worst part of it is. Like, that's right. Don't shut our businesses down. Don't make us wear masks. Okay, here's the solution. We're not doing that either. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, they don't want a solution. They, they want to bring the whole Taylor's. ship down, and they don't care who the fuck goes down with it. Dave, no. your thoughts? My roommate is not vaccinated. What the? What? He won't do it. He thinks it's a... I don't know what... I, I don't know. We've been... T- I mean, he lives with me. We've, we've been talking about it for a year. I don't do know it. what he thinks. It's a government conspiracy. Or he's not going to. All right, Dave, tell me a government conspiracy that you actually believe in. Because you're not a conspiracy guy, are you? No. Okay, what's one that you think, uh-huh, yeah, 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 I can see that. Is And, and why does it have to do with spatial audio? I think that if you go to Utah, <laughs> all the golf courses are they lean towards the mormon church so if you if you i'm not a golfer but i actually believe that like your ball will roll towards the church that is a government conspiracy well that's the way it goes in zion i mean i don't know i got a lot of questions (laughs) i know i don't know there's, you know, a lot of speculation about the World Trade Center and all that stuff. And yeah, you don't believe any of that shit, doesn't, though. Well, some of it doesn't make any sense at all. Come on. Really? Like what? Look, look at the way the beams are cut, bro. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> the way the beams are cut, they're cut. Oh, the beams. I thought yeah. you said the beans. Beans. <laughs> like, what are you fucking talking about? 
Anyway, the beams. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Nobody knows. And no, I mean, you know, it, it. It's you're right. It's not. People will never know. You'll never find out in your lifetime. Right, unless what's real and what's not. Right, there's us, and then there's the character that Ned Beatty played in Network. You know, there's the people who know, and then there's the people that you know. I mean, it's not crazy that uh, that the Bushes know that that, that, that Saudi I'm family. I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm, uh, I'm mad as hell. Yeah, I'm, I'm mad as hell. And I'm not what did you say? I'm fed up and I'm not going to well, take it anymore. Close. Oh, man, that is Oscar-winning dialogue right there. I'm fed up. And guess what? I'm not going to take it anymore. Mad as hell has a better impact. Yeah, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Anytime you, know, you throw something uh, that's close to a swear word, it adds emphasis on the last syllable. But, All right, so great point. Is it soul asylum or soul asylum? That sounded the same both times she said it. Soul Asylum or Soul Asylum? I'm turning this over to <laughs> Soul Asylum. Or Soul Asylum. Soul Asylum. <laughs> so it, With a pause in the middle. I got a joke for you. So right? it's Soul Asylum or Soul Asylum? Dude, what are you going to do? Go to Germany and... Well, hey, you're pronouncing our name Local Z or something. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. In, in Australia, they Say do. Say it however you want. No, it's Local H in Your Australia. Your name is Scoot. <laughs> is it Soul Asylum or Soul Asylum? It's Soul Asylum. I, which, wait, what? <laughs> Soul that, Asylum. Soul Asylum. Soul Asylum. Soul Asylum. Is it Cheap Trick or Cheap Trick? It's Cheap Trick. Cheap trick. <laughs> Cheap trick. Soul Asylum. It's local H. Local H. <laughs> There's you got no a joke H for- and H, dude. H. That's what they say in Australia, right, Gabe? That's what they said? H. Yes, there's a hard H in H. H. In so- Soul Asylum. <laughs> so what, what was the joke, Dave? Oh, a bear walks into a bar, right? Right. And he says, As uh, I'll have a gin and tonic. And the bartender says, what's with the long pause? <laughs> and the bear looks at his hands and he says, I don't know. I've had them my whole life. <laughs>